Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie C and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, January 11th, 2018 and this is the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Big Book meeting. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 14 starting with paragraph one and we're going to read through four paragraphs. Paragraph one starts with simple but not easy and that it ends with the fourth paragraph. He knows that they are real. We're going to comment on all four paragraphs today with our experience. Today's readers are the 12 steps Darlene D, the 12 traditions Libby E, and the readers of the text and support today Ashley P, Robin Joe B, and Gina R. The reference numbers, which are share ID numbers for this meeting, the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, Wednesday, January 10th, 2018, is 10907, 10,907. And for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting for Thursday, January 11th, 2018, today, that share ID is 10910. 10,910. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for member. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting, nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive eating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Darlene D to read the 12 steps. Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Darlene D., grateful recovered compulsive overeater in Maryland. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over our food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, 
continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And step 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you so much, Darlene D. I will now ask Libby E. to read the 12 Traditions. Thank you, Melanie. Hi, I'm Libby E., compulsive eater in New York. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except the matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Libby E. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 14, starting with paragraph 1, simple but not easy, reading through four paragraphs, ending with he knows that they are real, and commenting our experience on all four of those paragraphs. And I will ask Ashley P. to open up this discussion by beginning the reading. 
Good morning, Ashley. Uh, good morning, Melanie. This is Ashley P. Recovered in Northern California. Can I be heard? Yeah. Okay, great. Let's see here. Simple but not easy. A price had to be paid. It meant destruction of self-centeredness. I must turn in all things to the Father of Light who presides over us all. These were revolutionary and drastic proposals, but the moment I fully accepted them, the effect was electric. There was a sense of victory followed by such a peace and serenity as I had never known. There was utter confidence. I felt lifted up as though the great clean wind of a mountain top blew through and through. God comes to most men gradually, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. For a moment, I was alarmed and called my friend, the doctor, to ask if I were still sane. He listened in wonder as I talked. Finally, he shook his head, saying, Something has happened to you I don't understand, but you had better hang on to it. Anything is better than the way you were. The good doctor now sees many men who have such experiences. He knows that they are real. Um, so, wow, yeah, these are some some big paragraphs, um, particularly starting with the, the first line of, um, the first paragraph, simple but not easy, a price had to be paid. Um, and that's a line that gets gets quoted a lot, um, but it, it stuck out to me uh, again today um, that this is a simple program and um, but not necessarily easy. Um, and, and, that, and that really it is. Um, just you know how, how simple, it is, um, and that when I first came into the rooms, I didn't understand its its simplicity, and it felt really, really confusing. And this book felt really, really confusing, and the all of the work felt very confusing. And that I think partially that um, has to do with the fog that um, the food causes in my brain. Nothing feels um, anything but but confusing when I have um, my alcoholic foods in my body. Um, it just does such a number on, on my, um, my thought processes. Um, and my other thought of when I read this was that it, it, this program remained really confusing to me um, because I kept trying to do it my way. Um, and as long as I, really didn't have the willingness to to follow some simple directions um it remained confusing and and so some of the simple things are um listening to this meeting every day that's the simple part and then the not easy part for me was um getting up and and doing that and structuring my day so that um i did my morning routine and, and my my quiet time and and then um, was up to listen to this meeting. That was the not easy. And, and the simple is reading with my sponsor um, because really all I did was um, sit down and, and read this book with her. Um, and that's pretty simple, but, but the not easy part is actually sitting down reading and, and, and listening to the words in this book because I think that I know the answers and, and I think that I know what everything means and I have to be willing to set aside what I think I know so that I can be open to a different experience. Um, 
and and working the steps. I mean, the steps are straightforward. They're simple. You have one and you go through 12 and you work them in order and you work them with your sponsor and you work them out of the book. Um, so that's the simple part. And the not easy part is um, working them to the best of my ability on, on a daily basis um, and cultivating humility um, and working from my willingness when I have it and um, praying for willingness when I don't uh, and um, doing contrary action um, when I don't have it. That's that's all the not easy. So it is. It's this constant give and take, simple, but not easy. Um, but then as a result of that, I get this paragraph here. Um, there was a sense of victory followed by such a peace and serenity as I, as I had never known. And that has been my experience, not this lightning bolt experience um, that, that Bill has here, but a slow experience of, of feeling a peace and, and serenity in, in my life um, when all I've ever known is anxiety and fear and, and assurance that it wasn't going to be okay. And and today I know that it is okay and it is going to be okay and that is um, that is a huge miracle and I wanted to thank everybody for their service today and welcome to the newcomers and with that I pass. Thank you, Ashley P, for that opening and that does open us up now for others to comment on those four paragraphs. Who would like to comment? Ginger C. Carrie. Mary K. Jane Z. Wendy M. Christine M. Kathleen O. Gina R. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me tell you who I have so that you all know that you're there and I've heard you. Hang on just a second, Kathy G. I grabbed you up last. Um, Okay, this is what I have. Ginger C., Carrie K., Mary Jane Z., Wendy M., Christine N., Kathleen O., Gina R., and Kathy G., so let's start out with Ginger. And then, Carrie, you can come in behind. Thanks. Good morning, Ginger. Hi, Mel. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. Um, Ginger C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. In L.A., but from Colorado. Um, so just power-packed again this morning. You know, simple but not easy. A price has to be paid, and it means self-destruction of this self-centered state of mind that I love to be in, this ego that loves to edge God out. And, you know, I'm in trouble because as an addict, I lack power. And the only thing that's going to save me today, the only thing between me and that bite that desperately wants to get back in is a power greater than myself. So I must turn in all things, every aspect of my life. I used to give God 90 but keep 10. And if I'm keeping 10, I'm committing suicide. I have to let go of the wheel. God's large and in charge. And I'm going to let God steer today. And that's the miracle of it. When I can surrender completely, are you out of ideas? You know, whatever the hell I was doing was obviously not working because I relapsed over and over and over. But again, thank God for every experimentation and all the research I had to do because I finally conceded to my innermost self and I let go. And I allowed the spirit to work in and through me. And oh my goodness, the places that you get to go. 
had no idea. And the miracle of this is that we just follow this precisely, word by word, line by line, and then it happens automatically. I was blown away. I finally, as I said, surrendered completely, and I did what my sponsor suggested, and then it happened automatically. And I love the bottom of this, that that last paragraph that we read, that the good doctor now sees many men who have had such experiences, and he knows that they are real. So anyone suffering today, this is real, and this can happen for you. But it will not begin until you surrender the food. You have to say goodbye to the food. You have to have that funeral and let it go. You know, all those components, liquid and solid, those allergies that are tripping you up because if they come in, they're going to take you out. But you say goodbye, and then this freedom happens. You get neutrality around food. And that's a miracle because I'm a food addict, and all I think about is food. And today, because of this grace, all I think about is God. So I just love what we're reading. And, you know, I must turn again in all things. God either is everything or else he is nothing. God either is or he isn't. And what was our choice to be? And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. Carrie Kay, followed up with Mary Jane. Thank you and good morning to everyone on the line. This is Carrie Kay, recovering food addict out of Colorado. The Colorado contingent is on the line today. So the the line that says, followed by such a peace and serenity as I had ever known. And I've been in the program for a year and 11 days today. And I found abstinence fairly quickly. And I was amazed the neutrality I felt around food. I wasn't thinking about it all the time. It wasn't calling my name all the time. I could walk past it in a, in a market and be like, oh, yeah, there are donuts. And it was no big deal. And then I lost my abstinence. And it took a really, really long time for that serenity to come back. And what I have discovered in my mind, the thought that works for me, is that that serenity plus abstinence equals recovery. And without that serenity, I can't get the abstinence because the food is always in my mind and always calling out. And it's such a battle. But once I have that serenity, then I can find the abstinence. And those two things together, for me, mean recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Carrie. Mary Jane Z, you're next. And when do you come up behind Mary Jane? Good morning. This is Mary Jane Z from Kentucky, recovered, and very grateful to be on the line this morning. I love these lines. I remember reading this for the first time with a sponsor, and um, we took turns reading, and I was getting bored reading, and I changed my voice patterns to kind of in a sing-songy voice and um she stopped me and she said why are you doing that why are you why are you acting that way why are you reading this way and i said well i'm just trying to spice it up a little and she said there's no reason to do that and and it's because of that 
um, the frankness of, of of a fellow, and actually, I would like to say that I I I, um, I got it the first time, but I had to be told several times by other fellows um, to inventory my sarcasm as why why was I so sarcastic all the time, and it, you know, and because of working the steps, I realized it was the fear, but um, that was. That was one of the spiritual awakenings that I had um, that was um, a profound one, is that I was able to hear somebody else see something in me and and be able to listen to them and and pause and go, wait a minute, why, why am I behaving this way? Why, why am I uh, doing this? And, and because of that, then I was able to read these words and hear them and really understand the destruction of self-centeredness. And um, the rest of my spiritual awakenings, um, they're gradual. They, it, what came to mind when I was hearing these words today was a foggy mirror after, you know, taking a shower. And I can either use a towel and clean that mirror off, and but it's going to be kind of fuzzy and gummy. Or I can just do the work and gradually, as it was said before, it will just gradually happen. And and that's and that's what's happened with me is I've done the work, I've listened, I have I have been able to take direction from someone else, and not just comply, but to surrender, and um, I'm just so grateful to be able to be on the line today and to share with you all. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Mary Jane Z. Wendy M, you're next, and Christine, you'll be on board in three. Yes, good morning. It's Wendy M. Uh, recovered in Boulder, Colorado, and um, so grateful to be in this seat with all of you this morning. And uh, Melanie, thank you for your service, everybody on the line. And um, woo, good stuff. Wow. So um, the thing that uh, a lot of things pop up, but the um, destruction of self-centeredness, um, it had to be, right, a price had to be paid. It meant destruction of self-centeredness. So I didn't even know that I was self-centered until I worked this particular version of the program, the um, big book approach. Um, I had no idea. And, you know, I find the hardest thing is not the food. Food's pretty easy. Hardest thing isn't going to meetings or sponsoring. Hardest thing is the destruction of self-centeredness, of my self-centeredness. And as I said, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And then you read this line, you're like, oh, my God, I just have to do an inventory on my self-centeredness. And myself gets in the way all the time. And there's no way that that's not the case. But the difference today is that I have a program, I have a design for living, and I have these steps that show me how to look at self so I can get out of self. Because the minute I say, oh, man, I am into self, I'm on to myself. And um, I can get out of the way, you know, and we have this, I, I wouldn't know how to do this, but this program lays out exactly how to do it, um, you know, or, you know, so the self comes up all the time. I'll be texting, emailing something, and I'll look at it, and it doesn't feel right. And um, when it doesn't feel right, it's not God. That's what I know now. So I pause, and I wait, and I look at it, and I say, oh, I'm into self there. I want to look good. I want to turn the other person, make them look bad, whatever my motives are. The point is, I get rid of that text now. I can delete that text, you know. Um, and God makes it possible that I'm uncomfortable when I'm in self-centered, whatever, fear, it doesn't matter. 
Um, you know, and self-centered, it's, it's awful, it's exhausting, it's stressful, um, you know. So today, what a relief that I can know this today. I can be out of self today. And the freedom I get, oh, my God, and the relief of not being in myself is phenomenal, right? And then the, the last thing I want to say is the peace and serenity I, I've never known. Um, yes. I am experiencing ridiculous amounts of peace and serenity. Um, I don't know what's going on. All I know is I'm doing the deed. I'm working the work. And um, I have a new husband now, it seems, you know, brand new eyes. I've got a new son, you know. Um, I have new friends. And everybody's the same. But everything is different. I'm totally and completely in love with my husband. That was not the case for, for the first 15 years. Um, I've called many of you with, you know, oh, you know, I'll probably get a divorce. This is awful. I'm in love with this guy. It's all God. And, you know, the miracles just keep coming. I see God constantly. I tell my sponsors that I love them. I'll stop there. Thanks so much for letting me share it. Thanks, Wendy M. And Christine M., you're next. And then Kathleen, oh, you'll be after Christine. Yes, good morning, everyone. This is Christine M., from Missouri. Thank you so much for your service now. Um, and thank you so much for the shares that came before me. They were awesome. Um, you know, it talks about simple but not easy. A price had to be paid. It meant the destruction of self-centeredness. I know for me, um, before recovery, uh, my whole life, I was a taker. You know, what can I get out of life? What can I get from you? Um, you know, and people weren't people to me. They were just shadowy figures in the background. It was all about me and getting what I want and what I need, and people were just resources for me to use to to get from A to B where I needed to be. And I didn't know I was like that until I went to work the steps. Um, but through the work of the steps, I'm able to see that, you know, um, there's other people in the world besides me you know, and they have feelings and they have needs and, you know, they matter. And um, they're of just as much value as me and, and God loves them just as much, you know. Um, and, and that came, like I said, through the work of the 12 steps and um, gaining a relationship with a power greater than myself. And, um, you know, the miracle today is, yes, I am out of the food. And yes, um, the food doesn't call me 24-7, but the real miracle for me is that I am able to get out of myself and think about someone else's needs, someone else's feelings. You know, this program has turned me from being, uh, you know, Christine-centered woman to a God and other-centered woman, you know. Um, and when I let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on my laurels, I become a taker again. And I have to 10-step that selfishness and reconnect with God in step 11 and work with someone or be of service in step 12. I'm just so grateful. This is a design for living that really works. Um, and it talks about that, you know, once um, there was revolutionary and drastic proposals, but the moment I fully accepted them, the effect was electric, and that's exactly the way it was for me. Um, I'm just so grateful to be absent and be recovered. I'm so grateful I'm on this line, and I'm so grateful that 
have the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, which um, tells me exactly what to do to get in contact and stay in contact with a power greater than myself. Thank God for AA and OA. That's all I have. Thank you, Christine M. Kathleen O., then we'll have Gina and Kathy G. Hi, Kathleen. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you so much, and thank you, everyone on the line, for your great shares. It's nice to be here this morning. Um, So the destruction of self-centeredness, and that, for me, was huge. And, you know, on page 62, um, it talks about that selfishness, self-centeredness with an exclamation point. Um, Mark, you know, it's like you don't see too many of those in this book, but it's there. It's like um, that destruction of self-centeredness. It's like I had to come to terms, and I did through working these steps, but it took doing that. But I had to come to terms with the fact that, you know, it's not all about you, Kathleen. And, um, and you know, getting out of my ego and, and stop worrying about, you know, how it was going to turn out for me and starting to put other people first and not myself. And that's for me, was the simple, it's simple instructions, but not always easy. And yet the more I do it, the easier it, it, it becomes. And, <clears throat> you know, the, um, the peace and serenity that comes when, when I do follow these, these, these steps and these directions are, are really, you know, incredible. And I, you know, last night, um, my computer monitor died. And I really need to do some work on the computer today. I have, I have a job I'm supposed to do. And it's got to be done today. And I started stressing out right away because I'm flying to L.A. tomorrow to go to the birthday party, which I'm really excited about. And I'm like, how am I going to get this done before I leave? And, and, and I just went to, you know, what I have learned in this book, you know, um, where I, I, just, I just paused and I, you know, I asked, I, asked, I asked God for, you know, okay, what do I do? What's my next step here? And just took some deep breaths. And instead of going into fear and craziness, um, you know, I thought, okay, wait, this is a simple thing. I can just ask my neighbor who does a lot of computer stuff if, if he's got an extra monitor, and he does. So um, I know everything's going to be okay, and I'm going to get things done. But in the past, I would have just kind of gone frantic and crazy and never come up with a solution because I wouldn't have known to just pause and wait and ask. And the last thing I wanted to say was when when I read this, um, you know, I always think of how, you know, you, we always hear Harlan, our friend Harlan, who says, the more I eat, the more I want, the more I want, the more I eat. And <clears throat> and that's how it was, I think, for most of us. I know it was for me coming in. And I, I read these paragraphs and, and, you know, think of the steps and everything. And, and I realize that the more I recover, um, or the more I work, the more I recover. And the more I recover, the more I work. Because this program really does work if we work it, if that makes any sense at all. But that's kind of the thought that came to my head. And um, have a beautiful day, everyone. And I hope to meet some of you at the birthday party. And I pass. Thank you, Kathleen. Kathleen O. Gina R., you're next. Hi, Mel. This is Gina R., gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body from Arizona. And very, very grateful and excited to be in L.A. for the birthday party. Um, I'm focusing on this destruction of self-centeredness. For so long, I felt like I was gifted with a prophetic ability to know from God what everybody needed to do and how they needed to do it. And my job was to, um, to tell them that. And so when I 
got my nose in this book after being unfogged from the food, these truths started um, coming to light for me. And what I was told was in order for my self-centeredness to be destructed, um, I would have to go through that inventory process. And that was the, um, obviously the fourth step. And even after the fourth step, I still had a really hard time understanding what selfishness looks like. And so I'm going to just go through a litany of some things that have come up for me. And these are the things that have been and continue to be destructed. They didn't follow my script. They or it should have, you fill in the blank. Not seeing others' point of view, problems or needs. Wanting things my way. Wanting special treatment. Wanting others to meet my needs. Thinking I'm better. Having a spirit of grandiosity. Wanting what others have. Wanting to control and dominate. Wanting to be the best. Thinking others are jealous. Wanting others to be like me. Being miserly and possessive wanting more than my share, reacting from self-loathing, reacting from self-righteousness, too concerned about me, not trying to be a friend, wanting to look good or be liked and concerned only with my needs. It wasn't until I submitted myself to this process that I had a really clear understanding of what um, selfishness looked like. And that's just the selfishness part. I've got some other lists for self-seeking, dishonesty, and fear. And if I hadn't done this work, I wouldn't have the awareness I have now. Today, I feel like I'm awake, aware, and alert. And when these things crop up, I've got a way to have God deal with them for me. And the difference now is that these things are not happening to me, but they're happening for me. And I actually get excited when they come up because I know that my prayer, my seventh-step prayer that my creator would take all of me, good and bad, and use it for his good is actually being accomplished. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Gina. Gina R. Kathy G., you're next, and then we'll open up again. All right. Good morning, everyone. Thanks so much, Melanie, and thank you all so much. And I was already thinking about moving to Colorado in my mind, but after hearing the shares, I really think I need to go. <laughs> Colorado is just uh, incredible today. And the rest of the country, like I feel literally as corny as it sounds like I am part of this family. And you just feel like the best family I could possibly have. I related so much to every single thing everyone said. I'm definitely, uh, we're definitely sisters. Um, And the father of light, I think, is at the helm. Uh, so when I read Simple But Easy too, but Not Easy, A Price Had to Be Paid, I thought, yeah, you know, the program is not easy. And we definitely pay a price by working and really working the steps. But I was thinking about the price that I paid when I didn't. I mean, the price of denial, the price of resistance, the price of rebellion, the price of self-righteousness, all of it. I mean, and now um, I'm, I'm doing some extended work on the end of step seven, and I'm just going through the character defects. And yes, the self-centeredness has to be smashed. And right after that, it said um, that we must turn in all things to the Father of light who presides over us all. I definitely turned to God in some things. 
I mean, in many things, really. But I did not understand how I would turn to God in the moments when I would feel that brain spinning thing going on where I would literally catch myself in my kitchen just kind of doing circles, like not knowing where to turn, what to do. That's when I used to turn to food to take that edge off, that restless, irritable, and discontent. And underneath that, it says, you know, I, I underlined fully accepted them. Like, again, I have to fully accept steps one, two, and three. And that's what really changed for me. And when I woke up this morning, I realized that it was six months ago today was the last time I used food. And that is such a miracle to me that I, I just don't really have words for that. But I just want to encourage the newcomers on the line to just come back, just keep coming back, and just surrender, because it is so beautiful what is on the other side. It's not easy, but it's so, so worth it. So I love you all. Thank you so much, and thank you, Melanie, and everyone for your service. Have a great day. I pass. Thank you, Kathy G., the lines are open for about four more people to share, if time allows. Who would like to take Court- those spots? Courtney B. Hi, Courtney. Veronica B. Veronica and Sherry KB. And I have one more spot. Somebody might come through. Let's go ahead and keep up that time. Courtney, you go first, and then Veronica, and then Sherry. Hi, Courtney. Hi. This is Courtney B. from Northern California. Good morning. What I have learned in this journey, the destruction of self-centeredness, I used to shame it, hate it, be afraid of it. But as I understood the principles behind it, it's, it's a manifestation of my God-given instincts for status, safety, security. That's what it shows up, that I was trying to get those needs met by manipulating, controlling the outcomes, demanding whatever shows up in the inventory. Cynicism was a big one for me so I could feel safe, so no one could hurt me. But, but I've learned to be, be kind to it. It's trying... I, it was my attempt at trying to get those needs met. So today, so what is the price I've paid? I had to look at that stuff and say, oh, kind of just grew up to, for weeds in my garden. And what I had to do in the inventory is go back into the garden. It was pretty barren and full of weeds. And what I found out was God was there the whole time waiting, gloves on, ready to pull the weeds. And not in a way of, oh, God, this is horrible. Aren't you an awful person? No, no, no. More like, you know, I gave you the instincts to feel important, dignity, value, purpose, love, community. Just the way you went about it wasn't so great. It's a much, much better way. Let's just pull up these weeds, and instead of control, let's try trust. That was new, and I'm still learning that. Instead of fear, let's try come to me. Find your security, purpose, love, dignity in me. And boy, has that freed me up to just love without an agenda. Learning, growing, but kindness is always no shame. Just understand that I was trying to get those needs met. Bill says, 
These are instincts gone astray. That's all they are. God gave us those instincts for safety, security. So underneath the self-centeredness, that's the hunger. And that's what I love. So I am happily abstinent today. The hungers of my soul are being met. The more I turn to God, and it says in there, we must turn in all things to light. Oh, I'm so willing to do that. So much better outcomes. So that's that's been my experience with the deep, deep internal hungers that have been given me. Just go about it a different way. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Courtney B. Veronica, you're next. Hi, this is Veronica B. From Stockton, North California, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, this is my second time sharing. Just to thank all of you for your wonderful sharing. I have a few days abstinence, and I can notice the big, big difference. I can be a better mother. Um, I'm doing all the responsibilities I have left, like because when I am the food, I'm I just thinking I don't have to eat there. I gain weight, I lose weight, what I'm gonna eat, and and now I I have my food plan and I focus in and and the things that I supposed to be doing like take care of my kids and take care of myself with dignity, and I have never never been like that much uh, happy and free like I feel now. I feel hot because it's been years relaxing and a very, very unhealthy life. And thanks all of you for your wonderful sharing. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Veronica V. Sherry KB, you're next. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California. Uh, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. So grateful to be on this line. And thank you for your service, Melanie, and everybody. And uh, welcome, newcomers. Um, simple but not easy. A price had to be paid. It meant destruction of self-centeredness. Um, for me, self-centeredness means my self-will, um, that I have to let my will go. I have to let that, that self-will go. I have to stop running the Sherry Show and start really letting God run my life. And for me, what that means is that I need to stop thinking I know what's best for other people because I never knew what was best for me. And so that really begins with me, and it is let it begin with me. And as I turn in all things to the Father of Light or whatever I choose to call my higher power um, and let my higher power run run the show and not me, that means everything. That means every nook and cranny in my life. Um, shoot, I didn't time myself. Melanie, could you please time me? I'm sorry. Um, and I just I just think of that over and over again, and I need to just stay in my own hula hoop and quit trying to run the show and think I know so much for everyone else and, and not for me. It's interesting how I've spent most of my life doing that, and I realize how um, if I didn't fully accept these ideas, these proposals, um, that I won't have peace and I won't have serenity and I won't have victory over this disease. And since I have been doing that, I am finding peace and serenity. And I love what it says in the big book about how calamity will be matched with serenity. And that has, I've experienced that, and you can too. Um, if you do this work, it does happen. And, you know, when I started doing the work, I didn't think it would happen like it did for you. 
and it did happen for me. So if it can happen for me, it can happen for you. I promise you that. If you do this work and you stick with it and keep doing the steps and do it every day, uh, work the steps, live in the steps, uh, amazing things do start happening, victory over our disease as well as other things, and that we get our, our problems get solved. And that's amazing to me. But it says that I must, and I pay attention to the words must, I must turn in all things to the Father of Light. And that means everything, every every area of my life. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Well, that leaves us a, a couple of minutes. Well, actually more than that. For, I wanted to say space for a couple of other people to comment on those two paragraphs. Who would like to do that? Gina F. Gina F., like Frank? Mm-hmm. Hi. And anyone else? Stephanie N. Hi, Stephanie. Okay, we'll go with that and see where that takes us with time. Hi, Gina F., you're up. Hi, this is Gina F., uh, recovered in Connecticut, and I'm very uh, grateful to be able to share today. I don't normally don't have the opportunity. So um, what I want to say about this reading is that, um, well, I've been recovered since uh, June 6th of 2017, but it took me about eight and a half years to get there. <clears throat> and I do think that um, I was not ready to uh, fully turn to the Father of Light in, in all things. I was not ready to completely destroy uh, my self-centeredness. And... Um, and it's comforting to read, you know, that it's simple but not easy. I relate to Fred's story when he said that intellectually these are simple concepts and not hard to swallow, but in reality it's a pretty drastic life change uh, to go from living a self-centered life, which is all I had done for my entire life, to living a spiritually focused God-centered life. Um, and I really wasn't ready to do that initially. Um, you know, said a price had to be paid. Well, I was willing to pay, you know, 50 cents on a dollar. But as we know, if you want to get a dollar candy bar out of the vending machine um, and you put 50 cents in, you wouldn't expect to get that candy bar. And if I wanted that candy bar when I was in my disease, I would be digging under my couch cushions and uh, looking between the seats of my car to try to find the rest of that change. So when I when I realized that, um, this really was a fatal disease uh, and that I was headed for the loss of of everything that I hold dear, including my own health and eventually my life. Um, when I fully grasped the insanity of the way that I was living, not just with the food, but with everything, I became willing to put in all the work um, and was able to uh, reach the promises of recovery, which, you know, again, going back to Fred's story, as he said, I wouldn't trade my uh, best day, or my, I don't know what he said, for my worst day in recovery for my best day before recovery. I can, I can honestly say I agree with that now, and, um, and that is a blessing. So thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Gina thank F. You, Gina. Stephanie N., you will be our last, and I'll close out this recorded part of the meeting. Hi, Stephanie. Hi. Hi, this is Stephanie N., um, recovered in Kansas. Um, the part that was jumping out to me is where he says destruction of self-centeredness. And in my um, life, I've always run away and hidden from problems, um, and that is my self-centeredness. I could never face the fact that I am not perfect, and 
Um, and so when I would make a mistake, I would just beat myself up and live in the mistake and just ruminate over it over and over and over again. Um, and, you know, even as a recovered person, I do that sometimes. The fear, fear of rejection, fear um, of not being accepted, wanting to be liked, loved, needed, and approved of, um, that if I'm with my higher power and my security is only in my higher power and I recognize that my higher power um, is everything, then I don't need to be worrying about what everyone else thinks. And I just need to rest in my higher power and to face the fact that I am human and I will never rise above being human and that I am imperfect and just to embrace the love of my higher power and not only to accept that it's enough, but to embrace the fact that it's enough, that I don't need anything more than my higher power um, to be happy and to be full and um, I don't need the validation of other people. And and so I've learned to stop running away um, and hiding. And um, and that's just, you know, letting go of that self-centeredness, letting go of the pride and ego has freed me up. It's freed up my um, emotional life. Um, it's just, it's been such a blessing to not have to live in that fear of what is everyone thinking, that fear of being judged and um, not being enough, and just knowing that in my higher power, if I just stay with my higher power and stay in that truth that um, I am enough in my higher power's eyes, then that's enough for me. And um, and just just that knowledge has been, um, and just li- learning to live there has been so freeing. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Stephanie Ann. And with her share, that closes out the recorded portion of our meeting as we move into saying, um, well, actually, we'll move into reading the last page of page 164. Thank you so much for all your service and all your shares today. Robin Joe B., would you please read, Our Book is Meant to be Suggestive Only? I sure will. Thank you so much. This is Robin Joe B. in Missouri. Um, Recovered uh, by God's grace and for his glory, and our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass. For you and countless others this is the great fact for us abandon yourself to god as you understand god admit your faults to him and to your fellows clear away the wreckage of your past give freely of what you find and join us we shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny may god bless you and keep you